I'm John Ryan, and this is Pod Roast. This week, comic Jacob Hawley chooses porn as a starting point for his new series on love, and ITV News unearths a cold case for its first bash at true crime podcasting. This podcast contains strong language and explicit sexual content. Well, there's a promise. We start with a non-secretor clip about whether porn is relevant to love. An unnamed woman says they're interlinked and porn is reshaping relationships, especially heterosexual ones. Well, I wouldn't know about that. A welcome to Jacob Hawley on love, says Jacob Hawley, with all the confidence of someone who thinks I might have heard of them before today. Having started so well with an interesting clip, he wangs on about how this new series drops on the same feed as his old one, which was about drugs. And that's relevant for me to know why? Well, we're on to a quick clip to contextualise him as a stand-up. Then there's a slightly overlong, over-explaining and obviously scripted section, all very BBC tropes, introducing the series' idea and the subject of this episode, pornography. The theme started about two minutes ago and it's still bumbling along. I quite liked its cool and detached synthiness back then, but just for once it would be nice to hear a podcast that knew what it was saying was enough to keep me interested for longer than 30 seconds without music. Next, a clip sequence of porn in the news from the couple who bought a Nintendo with porn on it, unexpectedly, to the UK government cancelling plans to block porn to people without age verification. So far, so meh. Jacob tells us he started watching porn before he was a teenager, but doesn't now. He says his mates don't always believe him, and I'm not sure I do. We're into a chat between him and his mates recorded in a pub. Remember those? That bed comes back again, you'll get very used to it if you listen to this, and we're into more script about how Jacob wants to cover porn without prejudice, and that we might change our mind about porn a few times whilst listening, and how he did while he was making the podcast. In a more than meta seg, we're into an interview with Tiger Drew Honey, who made a BBC Three series about porn and love six years ago. But he's a good get, because believe it or not, he's the son of 90s gonzo porn legends Ben Dover and Lindsay Drew. Tyler talks about growing up with porn, euphemistically described as special cuddles that daddy films with men like the famous Belgian Pascal White. Pascal was six foot five and used to pick him up and walk him along the ceiling as a kid. There's a bit of some same old, same old comparison between porn and drugs and alcohol, and maybe I'm sounding like an old bastard, but even with discussion of only fans and easy access to porn, these are hardly new arguments. The first porn I ever saw was a copy of Fiesta or some such that a schoolmate rescued from under a hedge, but these same discussions were going on even then. That said, Ben Dover's son. That's pretty cool. So after the porn star progeny, the academic cure gag about porn being a subject people could study, Clarissa Smith is a media professor at Northumbria. She says it's an interesting research area because it combines sex, technology and anxiety. But Clarissa believes there needs to be a more nuanced debate about porn. It's not a singular thing, not all good or bad, and it has a different effect on different people. It needs to be less binary. Jacob's likeable enough, I guess, even if his go-to way to make a script sound less read is to insert a right every so often, right? 
when I review this stuff, I should have an alarm for production things that podcasts do that radio never does. On On Love, it's writing a link for Jacob to voice, which then cues into one of Jacob's own questions. Jacob voice to Jacob voice. There's a reason radio doesn't do it. Clarissa dismisses the argument that pawns the theory, rape is the practice. That's reassuring. And in a first nod to a non-heterosexual listener 18 minutes in, that for gay men and queer-identifying people in particular, porn offers a form of community. Another expert, Gail Dines, is up next with a clip of her TED talk about growing up in a pornified culture. Now, she's much more anti. Uh, We're into a Zoom with her next, and there's a bit of a corona moment going on. Those little bits of audio graffiti we used to use of maybe someone fixing their mic or taking a level or an informal chat, they're all gone thanks to the pandemic. So all we ever get now are those same slightly tired references to Zoom. We get it. You're talking to a woman in Boston. Just get on with it. Gail says over 80% of boys watch porn daily by the time they're 16. She says we should see them as victims, and society has dropped the ball on it. I'm just wondering what on earth the other 20% are doing. She warns about turning this into a catfight between feminists and women in the industry. She says it's not a women's issue, it's about men and money. If you are pro-sex, you have to be anti-porn. Why should we be a culture of voyeurs? Now, some of Gail's stuff is so what, but there is some pretty shocking research out there that she's done, which makes me wonder why it's buried around the 30-minute mark. Into a perfunctory sum-up mash-up of Clarissa and Gail over the same synths, a call back to Tiger and one of those podcast bingo host phrases, I can't help wondering, before a throw forward to the fact he's talking to cam girls and only fan stars next week. Now this feels a bit, here's what I could have won. The beginning has quite a lot of production, clips of stand-up, that pub vox, but it soon settles into three interviews, no cross-cutting, a bit too much script, right? Not enough authentic self-revelation from our host. Now, Jacob's no wanker. No, he isn't, that's a fact. But I'm not sure he's given me enough to come back for next week. On to Catching Melanie's Killer, a true crime podcast from ITV News. How do you find a killer from the past, asks a thus far anonymous ITV man. There's a couple of contemporaneous TV clips, separated by a nasty static effect, about a girl called Melanie Road, stabbed to death in the city of Bath years ago. It's all set to track one on KPM Grizzly Crimes Library Music. A couple more generic true crime clips, then a promise to go back in time to 1984. Then we get a chilling prologue about a police car tannowing the name Melanie and a mum responding. Please stop, we have a daughter Melanie and she hasn't come home this morning. That's when all hell let loose and I knew my daughter was never coming back again, says the mum. It's three minutes, 30 seconds in. And finally, Robert Murphy introduces himself. He promises one of the most extraordinary crime stories he's covered in 20 years over more chilly piano. It's not a bad script, but it's read like a shopping list and the theme mixed about four times too low. I love true crime, but serial this ain't. I know serial blah 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 blah, but series one showed just how easy this sounds 
whilst being so difficult to achieve. Sarah Koenig's script and use of audio is genre-defining, even without the exquisite cold case at its core. Here we have the anglicised version, but the storytelling is so much more simplistic. Yes, there's access and exclusivity and a story ready to be told, but where serial episode one cleverly seeded lots of reasons to make us listen, Catching Melanie's Killer relies too much on overlong sections of script. Now, this isn't an audiobook, but it sure as hell sounds like it sometimes. There's a red section of almost three minutes, just six minutes in, with nothing more than a couple of Atmos effects to zhuzh it up. And this is episode one, remember. There's a section with Melanie's family talking about her brilliance at school and her kindness, but the clips are almost too short, the scripted section's too long, some of the edits are a bit tight too. Give me a second to think about what I've just been told. One of the key players we're introduced to is Julie Mackay, now a cold case detective, virtually the same age as our victim, who went to the same nightclubs. She describes the scene and the fashion at the Beau Nash, a club Melanie visited on her last night alive. There was no animosity, she says. No, no animosity at all, reflects Robert, on how safe the city was back then. A beautiful city with beautiful people. That weekend at number one in the charts was Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham, but all delivered with the same slightly laboured news cadence. It's a bit partridge in places. A police investigator picks up the story. Melanie and her friends left the club and walked home. Julie confirms back then that's what everyone did. Her body was discovered at 5.30 the following morning, stabbed and sexually assaulted. It cuts to Robert and Julie at the murder scene. Julie's describing the location, and again it just feels a little off. She's slightly too chirpy, not a criticism of her... It's just what it's been edited next to. The chat between them sounds so much more natural than all the script that's gone before. But all too quickly, it's back, yes, to the script. Recorded in a studio, no music, no effects. When a track does come back, it's too low in the mix again. And 21 minutes later, we're already into what's coming up in the next episode. All the more remarkable, as this podcast is being issued two episodes at a time, bizarrely, so surely most listeners, assuming they're not bailing like I am, would just schlep on to the next one. Have we learnt nothing from Netflix? Episode 1s of a narrative podcast are at least twice as important as any other. Try listening to the premiere of S-Town and not listening to episode 2, for example. I went to Wiki instead on this occasion. I'm John Ryan, weary-eared and disappointed for Pod Roast. This week with Jacob Hawley on Love for BBC Studios and Catching Melanie's Killer from ITV News. I listen to these, so you don't have to. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.